God bless you. This is Pastor Linda Faison, Executive Pastor of the Living Water Christian Center Church located in East Orange, New Jersey. We'd like to thank you all for joining us today. And we want to say Happy Father's Day to all of our fathers today. We thank and praise God for you being the men of God that you are. We wish you a day filled with love, joy, and peace. And to our senior pastor, Theodore A. Faison, and my husband, we wish you a special Happy Father's Day. And we thank you for being an example of a man of God that we can follow after. God bless you all. Indeed, he is faithful. We serve a faithful God. Amen. We thank God today. Thank you, Sister Martha Lynette Walcott. Praise the Lord. Um, we want to thank you all for joining us today. We appreciate that you tune in with us. We appreciate your support. We thank you for your liberal giving online. This is the Living Board of Church. I'm Pastor Theodore Faison. And again, we want to Thank you all. We also want to wish all our fathers a happy Father's Day. We celebrate you. You are such important people in the lives of not just children, but adults as well. Amen. I thank God for you. I thank God for all those dads. I thank God for the dads in my life. My own father, I'm privileged to have a father who is a man of God, and I'm so thankful for that. And I grew up in his house. Praise the Lord. And I thank God for my father-in-law. <laughs> I have the best father-in-law ever. And I'm grateful for my spiritual father, um, Bishop James H. Everett, Jr. And I thank God for him as well, his memory, the memory of all these men. Reverend Elder R. Faison, Sr., um, Mr. Howard L. Bragg, Sr., and Bishop James H. Everett. I thank God for all three of them. Amen. Um, Let's pray, and then we'll go into the Word of God. Father, we're so grateful that you're faithful, even when we're not. You're steady, you're dependable, and you're always there. We can always count on you. When our friends and neighbors and loved ones and relatives are absent, you are present always. And we are so thankful for it. And we thank you for being our God and our Father. And we thank you because you hear our prayers. You meet our needs, everyone. And we celebrate you. Not just this day, but every day you're worthy to be celebrated. You're worthy to be served. You're worthy to be worshipped and honored. And we are so thankful for the relationship you've given us. And the great salvation you provided by our Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we enter this portion of the service and even this lesson, we ask that you go in with us and speak to your people. Give us an ear to hear what thus saith the Lord. Touch our ears that we might hear what you're saying and touch our eyes that we might see Christ. We thank you for these things even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much. So again, it's Father's Day, and we're grateful for all the dads. Fathers, you are so important. You have great influence, even if you're absent. Your influence. Amen? And of course, the statistics show that 
the father in the home is a greater benefit to the, to the child growing up than the absent father. But fathers, we thank you. And even I know some men who are separated from their children, and they're working, they get in their lives, and they've been hindered. And I pray for them as well, Lord. I pray for these fathers. I pray for the dads and the fathers and the father-like men that's in people's lives. Amen. Even as an adult, <laughs> I need some parenting. And I thank God for that. I thank God for the fathers in my life. I mentioned them before. Uh, there's other fathers in my life, like like the um, Reverend Dr. David Graham. I thank God for him, who's like a dad in our family. And I thank God for others. I thank God for all the men, especially the men of God, who use their fatherly influence in the lives of people. We are thankful for all of you. I have a favorite father in the Bible. <laughs> it's Joseph, the husband of Mary, the stepfather of Jesus. Amen. I'm not going to talk that much about him. I'll save it for Christmas time. But I love this guy. I love Joseph. And I love what he has done for us. He's the one that took care of Jesus and raised him. Raised him to be the man of God that he is. Amen. And, you know, he was minding his own business one day when he was engaged to Mary. They was betrothed. They was actually already married, already committed to each other. They just didn't come together. They just didn't live together. They just did not have, um, they did not consummate the marriage. Amen. And, and Mary goes away and visits her her cousin Elizabeth, and comes home three months pregnant. And this man's minding his own business, and he's considering, what am I going to do now? I don't want to make a public example of her. That's what I love about Joseph. But in his dream, the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, don't be afraid, take her. Because <laughs> what she has is the Son of God. She has Messiah. She has the Son of God. She has Christ. You're going to name him Christ. And and Joseph did everything that the angel of the Lord told him to do. I imagine a lot of snickering and carrying on, looking at Mary pregnant, know that she and Joseph didn't make this baby, you know. But I uh, thank God that the man of God, Joseph, did what the angel of the Lord. When the angel of the Lord told him to get up and take your wife here, he got up and went. When he was told to go to um, Bethlehem to pay taxes, he did that. When he was told to leave, he left. When he was told to go to Egypt, he went to Egypt. When he was told to leave, he left. He followed the directions of the Lord through the angel of the Lord. And he taught Jesus to be a carpenter. It's a beautiful thing. And so I thank God for Joseph as well. Praise the Lord. Let me go into the word of God for today. We're in 1 Peter chapter 3. We started it last week. And speaking of fathers, we looked at God as our father. First Peter chapter 1, I'm sorry. First Peter chapter 1, and uh, we're going to start around verse 13. But before that, we looked at some scriptures in First Peter chapter 1, the previous verses. And it talks about, it talks about our um, relationship with the father. See, it's Father's Day, and you have a father in heaven as well. Amen? And it talks about our sonship. And it talks about our inheritance. We have an inheritance. Because of our relationship with God the Father, we have an inheritance. And we share the inheritance that Jesus has. Remember that? And it talks about how we are kept. You are kept by the power of God. See, you're not kept by your religion and your practices and the work that you do, which are all good. You should practice your religion, 
um, do the good things you're supposed to do. You know, you pray, you serve, you, um, you go to church, you, you witness, you do those things. Amen? But that's not what keeps you. You are kept, believer. You are kept by the power of God. Okay? And because you're kept by the power of God, you can participate in this unspeakable joy that he's given us. Amen? And it's full, the joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. And we thank God for that. And it, talks about, it also talks about how the prophets, they, they talked about these things, but they didn't really get it because they didn't get the full picture. They prophesied about this day, and they talked about it, but it wasn't revealed until we got here. It wasn't revealed until after Christ. And so we thank God like that. And we also, it's also talked about the angels, how the angels tried to look in on it, <laughs> tried to peer in and see what it was about. But we're grateful that you and I have the full effect of the salvation and the life of Jesus Christ. You and I, the, as believers, we have fully participated in Jesus, in Christ Jesus. He, he's the Christ, the son of the living God. He came, he lived, he suffered, and he went through these things, amen, and he, he, he gave his life for us. Again, the man of God, John the, ba um, John the Baptist called him the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And today, you and I as believers, our sins are taken from us, okay? Not by animal sacrifice, not by ritual, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. He took our sins away, and all we did was trust him and believe in him today. And we're so grateful for that. So therefore, in verse 13, it says, Therefore, gird up your loins of your mind and be sober. Rest in your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, he said, your rest, rest in the grace of God. You're kept by his power. So since I'm kept by his power, I can rest in his grace. His grace is his favor, his unmerited love. Because I'm not always a well-behaved individual, and I need grace, and I need mercy in my life. Every day the songwriter said, and our sister sang it, his great is his mercy, and day by day, morning by morning, moment by moment, we need his mercy in our lives. Amen? We're not better because we're Christians. We might be better off, but we're not better. We still need hope. Amen? And we need grace, and we need the mercy of the living God, and we're kept by his power. I say it over and over again. We try to keep ourselves, but we are inadequate. We cannot keep ourselves. Only by the power of God can we be kept. And that word kept means guarded. He guards us. Amen. Just like the angel of the Lord is encamped round about those that fear the Lord, that reverence the Lord. All right, so we kept by his power. Amen. And so this is what it says. He says, so we should be, in verse 14, talks about we should be like children, obedient children. Amen. Um, not conforming to the things of the world and the former lusts and the stuff we used to do. Not conforming to that but be obedient children, all right? And so the scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says that we are to um, not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so Peter's saying the same kind of thing here. We have to have our minds, we have to be sober, we have to be prepared 
and we have to be willing, amen, to be transformed, not to be conformed to this world or conformed to our old behaviors or even to do the things we used to do when we were in darkness, when we were ignorant. You know we used to be ignorant heathens, right? We were ignorant. We didn't know better. We were born in sin, and that's what we knew. Amen? And so we had to learn Christ. We had to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We had to pick up this information and embrace it to be a Christian. Um, uh, not to be a Christian, but since we're Christians, we have to do that. Remember, we became Christian by faith. Amen? We're saved by grace. Are you saved through faith? I don't want anybody to think that you had to do something special or work hard or to achieve something for salvation. Amen. Right? And so it tells us that, that we have this through Jesus, who is called holy. And because Jesus is holy, because God is holy, we're told to be holy in our conduct. See, holiness, you've got holiness through faith. You've got holiness through grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. Right? The scripture says that he who knew no sin became sin, that you and I could become the righteousness of God through him. So through Jesus Christ, we become righteousness. Right? Despite how you feel now, if you're a believer, you became the righteousness of God through him. So the holiness, the righteousness, the right standing that you have is gifted to you. However, the scripture here says we need to be holy in our conduct. We need to act holy. What am I saying? I say, you're saved, why don't you act like you're saved? Okay? We were told that all my young Christian life, you better act saved. <laughs> and we, that's what we need to do. We need to conduct ourselves as Christian men and women. We need to act like we are saved. I don't mean acting like hypocrites. I mean behave in a, in a, in a Christian manner, in a Christ-like manner and attitude and behavior. That's what we need to do. Thank God. So that's what it says here. <laughs> and Peter says a lot of stuff like this. And in other words, he said, be ye holy for I am holy. Amen. And so we're talking about holy in conduct today. Praise the Lord. Be holy because I am holy. And so he says in verse 17, it reads, and if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each man's work, Conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. In other words, when it says since, it means if. I mean, when it says if, it means since. I'm backwards today. Right? Since you call on the Father, and since you call him Father, right, we need to conduct ourselves in a certain way. The Father judges our works. Okay? Christian man, Christian woman, Christian child, your work will be judged. Remember, your sin has already been judged and put away. Jesus died for our sins. He paid the penalty for our sins. He took care of the sin problem in each of our lives and everybody's life who would trust in him. So sin is already judged. The condemnation is taken away. The judgment for sin, the punishment for sin, has already been removed because Jesus bared all of it. He took it all on himself. But you and I will be judged for our works. Amen? It says the same thing in Corinthians. It says every man's work will be judged of what kind of work it is. Paul said there's a foundation. That foundation is Christ. And we build on that foundation um, 
gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, and everybody's work will be judged for what kind of work it is, all right? And so if your work is gold, silver, and precious stones, when it's judged, it will remain. It's going to be judged. Imagine being a building or a construction or a piece of work that's judged by fire. Gold, silver, and precious stone will not be consumed in the fire. It will be purified in it, okay? But if your work amounts to wood, hay, and stubble, the fire will burn it and consume it, all right? So the fire will burn it and consume it, and there will be a, a loss. You'll suffer loss, yet the Bible says, yet so by fire that person will be saved. Amen. So your work will be judged. We need to have good works. Jesus said himself that I got I to gotta do the work of the Father while I was there. I got to work while I'm here. Okay? And so we're told to work. And part of our work, a major part of our work is, is based in the Great Commission where we're told to go and preach the gospel, go and share Jesus, go and tell people how to be saved, go and share this thing and give our testimony and let folks know that they could be saved from sin and judgment and dread and, 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 um, and re be relieved of their personal problems. Not all of the problems, of course, there's going to be trouble, but the Lord has healing available for them and deliverance from, from habitual habits from habitual sins, the Lord has healing for that, you know, and it's our job to tell people to do that and how to do that and, ben and benefit each other, love the saints, love, the, love people so we love them enough so we can share this gospel with them. That's part of our work, amen? All right, so we have to work, and we have to work now, we have to work while, we have to work and says in fear, that word fear means reverence, Okay? And so throughout your time here in fear, because remember, Peter was talking about your, heavenlies, um, your heavenly position, and you have a heavenly position, but throughout your time here, we need to work in fear or reverence of God. Okay? Since we call him Father, we need to act like we're his children and behave like his children. You ever have your parent, your mother, your father, or grandparents say, you need to act like you belong to me. You have, you, let's say your name is Jones. You need to act like a Jones. That's not how we behave ourselves. You know, we're Johnsons and we don't do that. You ever have a parent or a relative say something like that to you when you was young? Or maybe you said it to somebody. <laughs> that's it. You know, um, that's, not my, that's not the behavior of my child. Looking right in your child's face and say, my children don't act like that. Okay? Um, that's, in the sense, that's what the Lord tells us to act like we belong to him. Behave like people who are in the family of God, like obedient children. Obedient children, okay? And it says, knowing this, in verse 18, it says, knowing that you weren't redeemed by corruptible things. Redeemed means to be purchased for the, for the purpose of setting you free. So when you're redeemed, you've been bought. Okay, and you weren't bought with silver and gold and money, which those things are corruptible. They don't last. You hear what I'm saying? You know, um, if you ever went to a pawn shop and you put something in for money, let's say you had a watch and you gave them the watch and they gave you some money, which is not as much as the watch is worth, but they gave you some money. Later on, you can go back and buy that watch back. 
that's being re you could redeem the watch that you put in his heart or you pawned away, right? You could redeem the watch, okay? And so we've been redeemed. We were slaves. In other words, it means it's take the redeem is you take a slave, you buy the slave out of slavery, and you set them free, okay? Uh, we just celebrated June, Juneteenth, right, where the slaves finally, two years after the Civil War, slaves in um, Texas were told to be free. They were released. Amen? And so they were redeemed in a sense. Okay? So what's happening here is that, uh, of course, I understand. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, it wasn't really free, and there was um, um, a lot of Jim Crow stuff and a lot of prejudice, and we're still trying to be free today. I understand that. Indeed. But we're not fully free in the sense of the government and systemic racism and, and, and um, that, that condition, that sin condition of this country and even the world. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. All right, so let's get back to this. Okay, so you've been purchased with a price, but that price was the lifeblood of Jesus Christ. Okay? Not silver, not gold, not money, not coin, but by the blood of Jesus, you've been purchased, you've been redeemed. And you've been redeemed for the purpose of setting you free. And now, you believer, you're free. You are free to serve the Lord. Because you've been purchased. Amen? You are free to serve him. It says that um, we, when weren't, we weren't purchased with the stuff like silver and gold and money and things like that. And we weren't um, that the stuff that we received from the traditions of the fathers. <laughs> All right, the traditions of the fathers under the Old Testament. Remember, God was identified through the patriarch, the God of our father Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He was that was the God that they served, the God of our fathers. Okay, and they had traditions from the fathers. The tradition was the uh, the sacrifices and and the rituals and the things that they had to go through. We are not redeemed through any of that. We are only redeemed, we are only purchased, purchased for the purpose of setting you free by the lifeblood of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, who gave his life, took on the punishment of our sin, took it all on, the sin and the punishment and all the dread and all the separation. He endured all that for the purpose of making us free, free to serve free to live by faith, free to live under his grace, and free to serve our Father with reverence. Amen. All right, so we're almost done here. Check this out. It says here, and if you read further in the scripture, it says that, um, so that indeed, that Jesus was pre, he was prophesied, but be, besides being prophesied, he was foreordained from the foundations of the world God knew this was going to happen. All right. So before Adam sinned in the garden, the, the salvation, the purpose, the Christ, all that was laid out, it was all laid out from the foundations of the world. This had to be done. This was all laid out. It was foreordained. 
okay? Ordained means that it was chosen, it was set up, and that's what happened. All our salvation, our way of salvation was laid out before Father Adam sinned in the garden. See, I don't want you to get the idea that the Lord came up with the next plan, that he put Adam in the garden, he put, gave Eve his wife, he named all the animals, and they were living happily ever after until, um, until the serpent came and talked to his wife and, and tricked her, and she ate of the fruit that she was supposed, not supposed to eat, and then she gave the fruit to her husband, who was right there with her, and so sin came into the world, and now God said, I have to do something. Oh, shucks, what am I going to do now? No, no, no. God knows everything. He knows all the future. He's always in the present. And so what happens is he had the plan all laid out. When he told the woman that you're going to bruise the serpent's head and, and he will bruise your heel, he had this salvation plan all laid out for you and me and for everyone else who would come to faith in Jesus. It was all laid out. So we don't want you to think that God makes up stuff as he goes, like you and I do sometimes. You know, we, 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 um, we ad-lib, okay? We tap dance. We make things up as we go, you know? And they ask you a question you're not prepared for, and you say, well, um, you know, well, um, and then you come up with an answer, yeah? and you hope it's right. You know, no, no, God doesn't do that. He, he has it all laid out, the plan of salvation, the dispensations, the rewards, the judgment is all laid out. Thank God. And you have this. So from the beginning of time, you know, and you may have thought that you just came up with this great idea, I need to be saved, you know, but the Lord knew, that you, the Lord knew you would be. <laughs> he knew you would choose him. Okay? And because he knows you would choose him, he set things up for you. Amen. And so look what it says here at, the, at near the end of here. It says, verse 20 says, He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. So Jesus was prepared and ready to go from the foundations of the world but was not revealed until these last times. And we're in the last times too. All right? And look at this verse, verse 21. It says, who through him believed in God. So we, we believe in God through him. Okay? Remember, um, if you don't have the son, you don't have the father. I don't care how religious you could be. There's no, you don't have the father without the son. Okay, um, no man comes unto the Father, Jesus says, but through me. Nobody. You don't come to God except through Jesus Christ. All right? And so he says here, who through him believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Your faith and hope is in God. See, here's the thing. Someone wants to separate Jesus from the Father, right? And, um, and the Muslim says God has no son. The, the Jews don't believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Unfortunately, they are mistaken. God has a son, the only begotten of the Father. And guess what? He also has us. He begotten us also. Peter said he begotten us. So he has a son. He has family. He has sons and daughters. 
He has immediate family. We're all part of the immediate family. You know, he doesn't have any cousins or grandchildren or anything like that. But we're all part of his immediate family through Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except by me. That's what he says here. This is the same Jesus, it says in verse 21, who God has raised from the dead. The only way he raised them from the dead is that he died. He died for our sins. He went to the cross. He died for our sins. He took on our judgment, our punishment, and all the things that, that we deserve. He took it, and he bore it. Remember, I'll say it again. He who knew no sin became sin that you and I could become the righteousness of God in him. That's what Christ did for us. And he has done that for not just us, but he's done that for everybody. And the only requirement is that you believe in him. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin. Sin is, the word sin means, it's an archery term, means you missed the mark. You shot at the target and you missed. And guess what? All have missed. Everybody has missed and come short of the target. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we said this before, no matter who you think of right now, no matter how well they behave and how precious they are in your sight, they, have, they were born in sin and need to be saved too. Listen, Mary, the mother of Jesus, had to repent and be saved. Now, I know some of my Catholic friends aren't liking that. But she had to. <laughs> she had to repent and be saved, too. She had to believe on her son. You hear what I'm saying? She had to trust in faith and rely on the grace of God for her salvation as well. Okay? And so if she needed that, surely we all need it. We all need it. And it's there available for every single body. And that's the beauty of this thing, is that you don't have to be special to be saved. You don't have to be special to be a Christian, man or woman or child. You don't have to be special to have right relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you don't have to achieve it. It's not something you achieve. It's not, it's not a reward. It's not something you work for. It's not something you earn. It's by the grace of God, the mercy of the living God. The same God, this is the same God who told Noah, get in the ark, I'm going to wipe these people out. Same God. Uh-huh. Same God who told Moses one day, he said, all right, Moses, I'm tired of these people here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them out and start with you. And Moses pleaded and, and he negotiated <laughs> and he interceded and God was merciful. All right. Same God. All right, same God who rained down fire on Sodom and Gomorrah, same one. He's a bad fella. He's terrible. All right, he's a awesome and terrible at the same time. The same God. But the Bible says in um, Isaiah 53, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, to bruise Christ Jesus. It appeased him. See, the God of love, God is love. You know, the love and merciful and kind and generous. That God, same one, he's also God of wrath. Hear what I'm saying? He's a God of wrath, God of judgment. 
but because of what Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, did for the world, it appeased his wrath. It appeased the anger and the judgment and, and all the penalty of sin is appeased through Jesus Christ. And because of what Jesus Christ has done, um, God doesn't have to punish you for your sin. Because you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and his mercy is applied to you and his grace and your sins are forgiven because you trust in Jesus. I hope you trust in Jesus. If you haven't, it's really simple. Just believe him. Believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, the Messiah, the chosen one. Believe that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, and believe that he gave his life for our sins on Calvary, all right? He died at Calvary's cross. And believe that God has raised him from the dead, and you shall be saved. <laughs> oh, it's almost too simple. He said, no, but I'm religious. I need to go through these rituals. I need to go through these practices. I need to make these sacrifices. I need to do all this work. Now, nah, do all the work after you get saved, after the Lord saves you. Salvation, not something you get. <laughs> That's an old term we used to use when I was coming up. He got saved. Oh, thank God he got saved. You know, um, he received salvation. That's what he did. Okay? So what we're saying, trust him. It's, it's simple. The words don't matter. You say, Lord, come into my life. Father, forgive me of my sins. I need to be saved. The words don't matter that much. What matters is that you trust God. Okay? That you trust him through Jesus Christ. Put your faith in Jesus and be saved today if you haven't done it already. And if you have done it already, you should be rejoicing knowing that you have on Father's Day that you have a Father in Heaven. No matter what your experience with fathers and men are, and some people have gone through some terrible things, and we don't, we don't, think, we don't take it lightly that some people have suffered at the hands of fathers. And we ask God to touch you and heal you and, and, and help you to get through that and even to forgive. It's possible through Jesus Christ. But on this Father's Day, you have a Father in heaven as well. And he's faithful. He's gracious and he's faithful. And we ask that you turn to him. All you got to do is say, Lord, come into my life. Lord, I need to be saved. Or Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I need you. Call whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay? Why don't you do that? Let's pray. Father, we thank you now for being our Father. Thank you for the salvation. Thank you for the fellowship that we have with you, the right standing we have with you, the salvation that you've freely given us that we have not earned or deserved, but you gave it to us anyway. And we're grateful for these things even now. And I ask, I pray, Father, for those who are listening, who have not said yes to you yet, that you would draw them by your spirit and that they will make a decision for you, a free will decision for you, because you freely made a decision for us. We thank you for it even now. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. Thank you very much. We pray for you. Again, we celebrate the dads, fathers. Daddies, <laughs> uncles, and all you good men.
who use your fatherly influence to be a blessing to people. Young people and older people, we thank God for each of you. And our prayers are for you today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you so much. On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. To support our ministry with your tithes and offerings, you can use PayPal at livingwaterccc, Cash App at Living H2O Church, or Zelle at 973-902-9933. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.